welcome to another episode of Ray's Music Reviews. Today we are doing an episode on Angel Dust. We are joined by Jared and KP. This Can I be living color, Jared? I feel like I'm, you know. Absolutely. It's good. It's good gimmick. Everybody should Especially be Especially in recent times. Living color, Jared. Exactly. Wait, no, everyone should be called Living Color Jared specifically? That's gimmick sure. Dude, uh, Teresa got tired of my alarm in the mornings being just uh, beep, 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 beep. And so she changed it to Teresa. Glamour Boys. I was going to say Glamour Boys is right. perfect. Every morning. Dude, my, if I ever set Teresa my own Paul. alarm, it will be on site by Kanye West. Yes. Wake up with a panic attack. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, or uh, or one of the harsher songs on Glow Part 2. Oh, my God. <laughs> like Samurai Sword. Samurai Sword, yeah. yeah. Samurai Sword. You can't even... You, are there lyrics to that song? No. It's just noise. <laughs> <laughs> and I love it. He talks about, like, Samurai Sword killing a bear or something. It's great. Um, What we listen to this uh, week? We listened was... to uh, Angel Dust yes. by uh, Faith, Faith No More. 1992. Uh, this came out in 1992. Yes, indeed, 1990. I feel it has it has some like slightly later 90s isms in it, but Faith No More, I feel like, um, is incredibly influential across the funk, metal, new rock, new metal, yeah. that genre, rap rock. That's probably why, because they were influential. This, so that seems like a little bit later. This sounds like it would have come out five years later. Yeah, or yeah. right around 2000. Yeah, and you have. The interesting thing about this particular record is uh, Chuck Mosley's the first singer, and they hire Mike Patton post that. Mosley becomes uh, hard to work with, things like that, um, or the band thinks so. And a lot of their music, if you listen to things like um, the first record uh, album, We Care A Lot, and... That is a very like rock. There's a very much of a cadence record more than like singing. You know what I mean? And it's it's interesting because the next album, their breakthrough album with Patton, is Patton doesn't write that record. The band writes the record. He comes in and writes the lyrics. And so it has the feel of the first two albums. This album is not like that. This album yeah. is, is not a rap rock. It's, it isn't epic. It isn't the real thing. It isn't that. It's its own animal. And there's you can feel Patton asserting himself in the um, in the record. Yeah, yeah. That's one thing that I noticed. You could definitely feel like uh, some of Patton's other stuff in this, Mr. Like Bungle, Mr. Bungle. And all that. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I don't side miss... project high school band. I don't necessarily... Okay, I was like, what on earth is Mr. Bungalow? It was a high school band. It's, it's, and... it's Mr. Bungle. Yeah. Oh. And when... Excuse me. <laughs> when the lead guitarist leaves, as he said, he, he didn't like the uh, some of the aspects of this record and felt like the... He said that they were going... Uh, he said something like gay metal or something like that. He felt like that was the direction they were going in. And I'm not... I'm not being in favor of what he said at all. No. <laughs> I'm just, Listen, I'm just, it was I'm, the I'm 90s. Loosely you know? what he said. <laughs> it and, was the 90s. And the know? interesting thing here is that when he leaves, he brings Mr. Bungle's guitarist in to replace that guy. And that guy's a fan, the guitarist on this record is a fantastic guitarist. And the during the process of writing this record, I believe the keyboard player comes out as gay. And so it makes the statement by the guitarist even weirder. Yeah. 
right? Where and it's then, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, I guess. <laughs> and if you and notice, like, like on the Be Aggressive song, the, the keyboard player who wrote I was gonna say, Yeah, I was going to say Be Aggressive. He mentions how he got a kick out of Patton, who, yeah, who I saw wasn't that. gay, having to do the song like that. And he said he kind of put that in there as, one, he thought it was a good song. Two, he just enjoyed watching Patton sing it. And that was... Which is, I feel like that that and, like, the last couple of songs are very on on track for, like, what we were saying earlier, where it feels like it came out five years later. Right. Because there are albums that are have very similar parts to them that came out later. Well, and not only that, but you can hear... Uh, the 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 sound of the turntables, the sound, even if it's a guitar making that sound, you can hear the 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 hip hop influences inside of a more melodic tone. You can yeah. you can feel the 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 hooks on this record are very good. They're almost pop hooks, but then you also have like these moments with um, that are it's almost like a symphony and a metal pushed into a record into a single song together it's very there's a lot going on i thought the music was the most interesting part of this album for me really there there were some parts where i was like damn this is kind of a bop the chorus him singing the chorus went along with it as part of the music i like that right right and an interesting thing about Patton is that when years ago they did a thing where they they measured the great uh, the greatest vocal range of lead singers and Axl Rose wound up being the guy who was rated number one, it's right? Axel, it's Axl Rose. Right. Well, you had, Mar- <laughs> you had Mariah Carey there, but she doesn't, she can't sing as low down as Axl can. And then, but then two years later or something, somebody goes, wait a minute, we did it wrong. Mike Patton has more vocal range. And it was just kind of weird. Like, before, I mean, Faith No More is not the Rolling Stones. They're also not that obscure. Yeah. Right. So to think, you know, if you go, he might should have been. At least evaluate in the conversation. Just evaluate it. And if you yeah. wanted to evaluate it, you would have won, right? But anyway, so that was interesting to me too. And you can hear Patton's vocal range goes from very low to to very high, especially when he screams. And he is very good. I don't I won't say he's a great singer, which is weird with that level of vocal range, but he gets a lot out of tone in the way he sings and emotion and he can he can do everything. He's a f- fully rounded guy. The thing with Patton that can be a disconnect, I think, for fans is his lyrics are very uh, disjointed. Yeah, I think... You can't really yeah, tell what he's talking about all the time. I think that was uh, what, like, a criticism I had was eventually, right. like, I never strung a bigger picture together from a lot of his lyrics. Right. And you have to, absolutely, like, when you listen to a song like um, Caffeine or or Everything's Ruined or basically all these tracks... When you listen to him, you have to. There's something you think he's talking about, and then you kind of are sure that there's more to it than that. You know what I mean? You, you can almost be assured that it's not just about what the content is. Yeah. You know, there's like a layer of metaphor to the like whole song. like small victory. He claims, oh, it's about my dad who was a pushy coach when I was a kid. But then when you start reading, you're like, mm, it's probably about a lot more than that because yeah. you can feel how. You know, the whole point of it is we have these small victories that kind of push us to try to be more. But in a way, it doesn't feel like these small victories are pushing you towards a goal. It feels more like these small victories are enticing you to fail more. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I agree with that. There's a lot going on. I think on. That, that was probably my favorite song on the album was Small Victory. It's very good. It's very good. I love. Uh, I think that that's actually probably the song where the lyrics work the best for me. 
I can't. Everything's ruined. I never can get that out of my head. Yeah. Everything is ruined. It's he does it with a lot of hooks. Yeah, kindergarten is a hook that gets you. I was gonna say kindergarten was also one of my my favorite songs. Midlife crisis was a hook that gets you, and I love midlife crisis. And it's funny he said that was about um about more than that, but it was also somewhat about he had watched Madonna in a video that came. Yeah, out I saw that, <laughs> and he felt like she was being uh, shtick more than. than and I, yeah. I think there's an argument there too that. Madonna, much like a share prior to her, did create an image and push an image. And at some point, she she becomes more than the New York girl, right? And that's probably where he's. I would I'm gonna take a wild guess and say this is the in vogue era of it all, right? Where, but he, but then also there's the whole thing where he says it's also about uh, creating emotion that isn't real. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's a way more interesting thing for it to be about. I think I hornswoggled that pretty good. Yeah, I think so. I stole I stole most of it. Did you guys like anything? <laughs> <laughs> um, I like the hooks and I really like Michael Patton's voice. That's it. You like the hooks and Michael Patton's voice. You love the the music. The I band like, is like incredibly music. tight. Yeah, the the uh, again, the more symphonic uh yeah that that kind of sound they said they like i read something that they gave up punk metal a little bit for more of a orchestral feel right which i think i think is neat right but the uh the bass playing probably got more complicated but less fun because they gave up the funk metal for yes you know and it's a it's interesting it ain't epic it ain't epic yeah, right. that's that's uh, that's the Fate No More song I everyone knows. Right, right. What's funny to me about that first re- not the first record with Patton, if if you were to just cut off the first four or five songs on that record, it'd be like the greatest EP ever made. The second half's good, but it ain't that. You know what I mean? Yeah. The, the, everything. Uh, what that, you that record's is really good. The, uh, Faith No More's uh, the real thing. The real thing. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that I love that record, especially. The first part of it, "Falling to Pieces" is a top five song for me. I do like of all time, or just like ever. Yes, this, this isn't a particularly long album, which is a lot. But I still feel like they could they could have trimmed a couple songs. I don't think "Crack Hitler" like the last couple songs just don't. How do you feel about Jizlock? Why are you laughing? I hate them. I don't like <laughs> them. I I never have enjoyed. Like the sense, the early '90s sense of humor, mm-hmm. where it's like the music in Crack Hitler is good, but it's the song called Crack Hitler. Right. It, there, there's a layer of like, man. Right. Really, like I get it's early '90s humor, especially in the metal scene. That's just what it's like, and it's like eh, it doesn't do nothing for me. Right. Okay. Also, I think it's kind of like jock humor. Yeah, it's just I don't know, it just don't do nothing for Which me. Which is odd too, because I take Patton as the opposite of a jock. Like, I feel like he rebelled against the fact that he was being forced to be a jock at some point. That's Fair. the point of Small Victory to some degree, right? Um, I think it's the same thing as, like, Tool with Adama, where it's like I didn't like uh, Harry Manback. Right. I just felt like it was really immature. So, and all like, in a weird spot on an otherwise, like, good album, if that makes but sense. That's, but, like, okay, Pick- I, 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 I am going to defend Harry Manback Are because, you? like, it was a message that they were given to somebody. Yeah, it but- was... But did it need to be on an otherwise really good album? I, that, that's the, the, the irreverence 
it doesn't bring anything to the album for me. It, it just seems you, like it waters wanna, down. If the you good don't parts. want a Tool album with like humor, you should listen to Lateralis. Like they, that's what I will do. I don't like that. I don't like that style of humor. But to but like also, on, what's funny about? Uh, sorry, I was going to go on. You're good. You're good. Um, Lateralis ends on an interlude that's about aliens. And that's perfect. That's what I'm saying. That's um, that's what Tool I like. We're doing. I, I I think Tool were doing some psychedelic drugs. You think? I think. I I think. In have, theory, uh, maybe. In <laughs> theory, maybe. To piggyback on your on your statement though about the sense of humor stuff, right? There's a song on here called RB. Yeah. Your opinion on that? I didn't love it. You didn't love it. Okay. I think it's I think it's fine. I think it's actually like the lyrics aren't aren't terrible. It's just like overall, I, I was it's just a, kinda, almost a spoken word thing. Yeah. The whole time I was thinking, I was like, he's I, not in his voice. It's 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 literally it is a they weird. dedicated three minutes of their record to make fun of white trash and trailer park, and a group of people that, um, he feels like have belittled him over the years. I'm sure that's true, right? And so he takes a shot at this guy. That the whole thing where uh, his feet itch, which is you know what I mean. Yeah. It, this and he paints a picture. He does throw in there somewhere that the guy may have hung himself. Yeah, <laughs> it just tosses that in there. Right, right in the middle, too. It's not even at the end, yeah. so you don't know how that works. But I thought it was interesting at the end, as he states, I'm going to tell my kids what, and I'm paraphrasing, I'm going to tell my kids what, what my parents told me, you're never going to amount to nothing. Yeah, my God. And that rubbed me so strange because I watched this documentary on the Mets a, a, a week ago that came out, and it, the tree, a team full of people with drug issues. And one of the guys is Daryl Strawberry, and he's talking about how when your father tells you you're never going to be anything, no matter how, because he goes on to be Rookie of the Year and win a World Series and all these other things. He's like, no matter how much anybody else tells you this, it it doesn't matter because the eight-year-old keeps hearing that voice in his head that he can't ever be anything. And Strawberry actually wound up like at 13 uh, his dad pulled a shotgun on him and he wound up with a frying pan in his hand and his brother had a knife and they were like, it was a standoff in the house and then the mom kicks the dad out and they don't see him for a while. My God, bad not. Like that's how, it, but before that he was being beat, whipped with a, a stitching cord for spankings, things like that. I, that's a tangent. I'm just saying that it, that really struck a chord with me because then you realize how incredibly delicate parenting can be. You know what I mean? And how these things, they, if somebody doesn't believe at you at a young age, it's always going to bother you. You know what I mean? Let that be a lesson to you, Ray, son. <laughs> I wasn't going to listen to all that much. Uh, I liked smaller and smaller. Oh, yeah. I thought that was actually, I don't know. I, I actually enjoyed the vagueness of it. Right. They, they felt the, the, the desperation and, uh, just like goose just grim. Right. But I think it works well with the, the vagueness. Oh yeah. I don't know what it's about. I got no clue, but it's like it's pretty good to listen to. <laughs> and again, the hook, you wind up humming it later. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's really good at the hooks. He's really good at the choruses. He's really good at, you know, and the band's fantastic. I did I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a faith member fan. I really like them. I think they're good. And I it's it, it, it's an interesting trajectory for me as you see like with Pearl Jam, you'll you'll hear the early records where Eddie doesn't write the music, and then you can hear them turning into Eddie's band. And that's I was not a bad to thing. Ten this week, yeah. so yeah, right. But ten, like, 
Tin's kind of written before he gets there in a lot of ways. You know what I mean? He's again, he comes in with lyrics and like I think same thing Patton did with real thing. And then I, I think that trajectories are similar there in that the music does get, it's funny. We always complain, right? Because we go, not we, but in general, it's like, well, Guns N' Roses appetite was everything when they got to where they were doing more stuff and playing more and being more complicated. It lost its whatever, yeah. or, you know, I love I love ACDC because it comes simple, you know, and it's, it's, it's funny, you know what I mean? It, it's funny. Or the Ramones, right? The Ramones, yeah. the, Ramones, the Ramones, you know, nothing's over two and a half minutes, you know what I mean? But, you know, but what would it feel? Like? But like these AC bands that, that started at one full point and then managed to completely change their dynamic, I find that interesting because to me, that's queen. You know what I mean? To me, that's queen. To me, that's, hey, we're pretty good at our instruments. As we get better, let's get better. You know, Green Day's done it. You know what I mean? But by the same token, there's a genuineness in Dookie or the real thing or appetite oh, or ten sure. that you don't get in when you try to address more things. Yeah, this complicated. When your scope gets wider, it ends up being right. Or as especially because as, as Axel said, everything was roses when we held onto the guns. You know what I mean? Ah. You get it? You get the wordplay there? Because like their name is right. I want to punch Axel Rose in the face. A lot of people do. Less now than back, yes. A lot of but people still, have. Yeah. Actually, a lot of people have punched Axl Rose in the face. Rightly so. I'm not going to. I read this. I read this. Uh, Did Kurt ever punch Axl in the face? No. That's crazy because he was the most likely to. I feel like, I feel no. like, he was given enough not, time. He was absolutely not the most likely to punch Axl in the face. I can listen Because he was of offered the opportunity many times and, chose, and, and alluded to not doing that. <laughs> Vince Neal would be the guy most likely to punch Axel in the face because he actually punched Izzy in the face. <laughs> See, you got to get someone with a good track record. Well, Vince came up too rough on the streets. He he was Vince. I, I know he wore makeup and all that other stuff and was a a young, pretty guy. But he was a fighter when he came up out of the streets, and so he he doesn't come off that way with that high pitched voice and all that. But I don't know that Axel really wanted that. I remember I read an extended essay about him one time. They were talking to. A guy from Axel sometime in, in Lafayette, and they were like, "So you used to like get in fights with Axel?" And he was like, "I used to beat Axel up a lot." He said, "He said actually, <laughs> Axel got beat up a lot, you know, but it's never deterred him from wanting to get hit again." Yeah, interesting. Yeah, he didn't seem to learn. <laughs> no, no, anger's a son of a gun. I think he has now. Obviously, you'd hope age would do things for you, and tons of therapy. That dude went into therapy like immediately after he got money. He was like, you know, I might be crazy. I don't want to acknowledge it publicly, but I'm going deep into therapy Egg forever. Good for him. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. All right. So, what do we think? We, we, do you want to rate it? I don't want to rate it. Don't want to rate it. Mainly because it. it's pretty good. If you like early '90s metal scene, you'd like. Well, also, if you're into new metal, if you if you like that Limp Biscuit thing, okay. if, you li- if you like Lincoln Park, if you like Papa Roach, if this you would like be a good yeah, How dare you throw Lincoln so, Park in, in, into that pit? Lincoln Park, Papa, Papa Roach, and Roach, and Limp Biscuit. The, the, the trifecta, baby. The trifecta of disrespectful, Bobby <laughs> Son, Holy Spirit of new metal, <laughs> not rage. You not rage. rage not, not nine. Uh, yes. No. <laughs> No. You could have just this said rap rock. Roach. You could have said rap rock and been like, uh, like if you like System of a Down or Red Hot Chili Peppers or Linkin Park. If you, if no, you actually, like Red Hot Chili Peppers, the two worst. 
yeah examples you if pick... you like i think the the chili peppers i think that that would be there there's a through line and they come the, the chili peppers in them are the same like they overlap their their genesis is at the same time and they become the genesis of things that morph out of that right yeah, nine inch nails is only a little bit earlier than that you know and they take you have where music takes a a you know I, I think you can content wise and music wise say that grunge wasn't far removed from that neither was ska neither was all those things kind of morph alt, alt music becomes part of that whole thing yeah where sure. where it becomes incredibly confusing as to how to figure out what popular music actually is because you can't really say I, I know that chili peppers are different from fishbone i'm not sure how i know you know what i mean i know that this music is different from that music i'm not sure how so we'll just call it all alt music and then it's like but wait alternative is, is list fair yeah. really the chili peppers which yeah is, which is really i don't think tori amos is in the same group as faith and more but Okay. Yeah, <laughs> alternative is right. a, the worst Al freaking. Right. What it really means is it made it to the radio, but we don't know how to book it. We have no clue. Wait, booking's a wrestling term. We don't know how to categorize it. Everything's but wrestling. Everything's a wrestling term, right. Want to talk about what you listen to this week? Sure. Go for it. You first, Bray. Um, hmm. Is there anything? I listened to some Apex Twin. It's got noises. Yeah, this this guy is noise. This guy makes he he makes music and he makes the weird faces. This this is um Avril, I really like Avril Fourteenth. That's the song Blame Game sampled. Oh yeah, yeah. That song's. Uh, very... I'm only tangentially familiar with Apex Twin. I know him more by reputation than anything. Yeah, uh, yeah, like the 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 face on the album. Yeah. This guy. He's he's a lot. Apex Twin's weird, man. Yeah. Um it it sure sounds. <laughs> that that's usually what I say about experimental. Uh, no, no, it's experimental like it sounds good. It's just uh, his aesthetic is kind of a lot. That's always put, put me off of Apex Twin a little bit. I like the symbol and I like that, but the weird face, man, it just it, it puts me off. I don't like looking at it. The sus Richard D. James face? It, literally. Exactly. Terrible. What else did you listen to? Um I listened to I I listened to Con, some Kanye, of course. I listened to um Graduation specifically. Mm -hmm. Um it's good. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little dated. <laughs> yeah, I, I noticed things tend to be. I, I noticed some Overtime. of that stuff, especially that song with, like, it, it's not. I, when I say dated, I don't necessarily mean bad, right? Because that's that's a that's a connotation that that I have with dated. Like, it reflects nicely on the uh, time period. That time period out. that came out, uh, especially um, stuff like "Good Life" with T Pain. Um. There are some not as good songs on here though, like Barry Bonds and Drunken Hot Girls. Uh but yeah, there there are some really good songs on here too, like Can't Tell Me Nothing. Uh I listened to some Kid Cudi. Uh specifically Man on the Moon too. Um Very good. Man on the Moon too is probably it's easily my favorite Kid Cudi album. I really like that. Mr. Rager Banger. Yeah, Mr. Rage. Uh, Mr. Rage is one of my favorite songs. Uh, er Erase Me. 
There's an episode. Ghost. Is my favorite song. That's so good. Ghost. Even with the Kanye, the Kanye verse on "Erase Me," which gives me conniptions when he says, "I hope you die, Aria." <laughs> Kid Cudi was on an episode of The Shop. I believe he wore a dress on Saturday Night Live, right? Mm-hmm. He was on an episode of The Shop, and he was talking about that. And they were like, "What made you? You know, what was that about?" And he said, "I saw Kurt Cobain do it." Literally, and I was like, "Yeah," I was like, "Dude, that's that's rock and roll right there." You know what I mean? Going out there and doing something that slaps everybody upside the head without before you even open your mouth, and then you open your mouth and really slap them in the head. Exactly. You and know? then your bandmates kiss on screen. Right. <laughs> the um, those the, the shop, chemical romance approach. <laughs> those the shop episodes are so fascinating because you put these famous athletes Dude, in these. I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I say this as a My Chemical Romance fan, all right? Man, sometimes those dudes, sometimes they lick each other. Yeah, they're weird. <laughs> Did they just do that? I'm like, dang. Right. What? Um, <laughs> to me, the shop episodes are very interesting because you put these artists that are actors, musicians, athletes together in a room where they're getting their hair cut, and the guy who's running the conversation is either – LeBron James or somebody like that, right? It's his show, so it's usually him, but it's usually somebody like that. And they wind up getting comfortable enough that you're actually hearing conversations that they would have rather than like the conversation that's on YouTube right now where on the inter- on the, the shop uh, YouTube channel or whatever is Jay-Z telling the story of having to go on stage after DMX performs and how DMX goes out and he originally starts out by growling and then he likes drinking out of a goblet that is red. And so it looks like he's drinking blood and the crowd's going crazy. And then he takes his shirt off and everybody's like, wow. And he's like all hyped up. And he says, and then the girls are going crazy because he took his shirt off. And then at the end, he does a prayer. And I'm just over there on the side of the side. And then they're like, okay, you go. And he's like, what? What am I going to do? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what am I going to do? They literally, they literally were happy. Uh, turned on. They went from every emotion, mad, happy, anxious, wanting to fight, crying, and now I got to go out there and try to do something with the crowd. Like I, I, I just play music, <laughs> man. That, this said, person's having a religious experience out there. He said after he said at the after party, there's all these people around having a good time, talking about how the tour is going to kill it. And he said, I'm just sitting in the corner staring at everybody. Like, I got 30 more nights of this. Sh- <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, and one last song uh, that I listened to a lot this week was M83's Midnight City. That I think that turned ten recently. Why? <laughs> Why? Yeah, I suppose. Well, what led you to to Midnight uh, City? Uh, I don't know. I someone recommended the song on uh, someone on TikTok recommended uh, the album that it was on. Um, it also turned ten recently. I was gonna say that that I just I had a moment of feeling like old. I guess where I was like, man, that song was like omnipresent. And it's like, if people got to recommend it today, and I'm like, man, I just, I was forced. Right. right. <laughs> well, no, it, it wasn't, it, wasn't, crazy, it wasn't necessarily that it was recommended. I saw a TikTok that had it in it. That's, it's, uh, a, it's a TikTok-y song, for sure. What did you listen to, Jared? Uh, I listened to a couple albums we did on the program, but the one thing I wanted to say, uh, I listened to Band Animals as Leaders, their album 2014 album the joy of motion it's prog metal mm-hmm. and it rules awesome uh there's a particular song 
thing was, yeah, the woven web, dude, the base on that is unfathomable. It's so good. Base solos, baby. That's what I'm talking about. That's what's up. Dude, it was great. I highly recommend it. If you like, dude, prog metal. I think that might be my new favorite genre. Prog metal. Prog metal. It combines two things I enjoy. Prog. And metal. And metal. <laughs> awesome. My favorite Russian city and my favorite element. The element. Group. That's what that's element, the word I was looking for. Element. My favorite element. Yes. Yes. Okay. My favorite block on the periodic table. Let's see. I listened to uh, a new Guns N' Roses song. They have been putting a song on every couple. Hard School. Hard School. Have you heard it? No, it just yeah. popped up in my recommended. It's interesting to me, like the first song they put out from this last little thing they're doing, where they're putting like a song out every couple of weeks, is uh, which I don't think that's going to last. I think they're they're angling toward like an EP and then they, uh, some live stuff that they're going to put on there, and then they're going to like maybe give us something else or in true Guns N' Roses form act like they will not. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> the absurd song that they did a couple weeks ago was very much Slash and Duff playing on a Chinese Democracy song that didn't make the record and it has that electro uh, nine inch wasn't good it. enough to what? get the star studded chinese democracy okay and so then this song is also joke. a song from the from that same recording period but this one you can almost hear it feels like slash and duff rewrote it the the the, the chorus and the way he's singing feels very much like uh, the verses in the way he's singing it feels very much like that democracy period, but then the chorus has a very appetite feel to it. So it's kind of a, a, a neat, it, it leads off with a duff, a kind of a classic duff roll on the bass, and then it tears into some almost slashes solo band stuff in the middle, which is kind of a neat uh, back and forth. You guys don't like Ballbeat, right? I, I, I've never listened to Ballbeat ever. What is Ballbeat? The kind and I also of kind of don't know band? what Ballbeat is. <laughs> okay. Well, they put out a song. We'll, we'll talk about that some other time. And I listened to the new Poppy. I think it's fantastic. Uh, how did you feel she about She doesn't miss much. How know? was Axel's voice on Hard School? Hard School, uh, it was a little more like, classic. Because I'm kind of thinking like back to like Chinese democracy, right? And when you said that, and, and I, I don't know, like on like, okay. there are some Axel songs where it's like, sounds a bit like a dying cat. And it's like. That's always been true. Yeah, that's kind of you know, like somebody stepped on his tail or something. That's always been a part of his arsenal, if you would. But there are it. It sounds similar to some of the heavier stuff on there. In the like I said, in, in the uh, verses, huh. the chorus sounds very appetite, maybe even pre-appetite, as you hear uh, the "Shadow of Your Love" song that came out. That was a pre-appetite song they wrote. Or actually during the Appetite Sessions and all that. Because, of course, Appetite Sessions come from Inception to when it comes out. But anyway, the chorus is similar to that, if that makes sense. But uh, like I said, Poppy doesn't miss. I really enjoy what she does. And I, I found that flattering. I did just come across two records that have popped up as new. Um, one is a Replacements live song, which I'm going to have to go find, look listen to soon. And another is a Miles Davis, The Lost... The Lost... Uh, I think the name of it was The Lost Show or something like that. But it's basically a live performance that has not been issued since. And I can't imagine – I like Miles, so this should be a fun ride. And Miles Live feels like Shit. feels like it's going to go 
all over the place, right? That's gonna be the vibe. A ride. Oh, a sure. ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that feels like a vinyl purchase from like Twelfth Avenue Revolver Records. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. That's what like that, that feels actually. like. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Ray, what are we listening to next week? Oh, we are listening to uh, the uh, Burials Untrue. What type of music is that? Um, it's electronic. Um, it was kind of. It's kind of okay. When I say this, you're going to have some preconceived notions. Not it's me. I'm not judgmental. Dubstep. But like before. Oh, no. It, no. 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 Hear me out. It is before. Okay. So I watched a YouTube dubstep video, right? before dubstep was uncool. Well, I, listen, I watched it. was never cool. I watched, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 wait. I saw, I watched a YouTube video called All My Homies Hate Dubstep. Because all my homies do hate dubstep. And wow. it, it talked about how dubstep started, and it started in, a, a, like, the grittier places of Britain. And it had... Britain has kind of a lively music scene. Yeah, and, and that's how it, it started. And he talked about how, oh, this is the... Uh, the entire point was for it to sound like really gritty and shocking. And then uh, when he talked about burial, he was like, oh, this is dubstep pushed. This is this certain type of dubstep um, as this one type of dubstep is dubstep pushed to its most violent degree. This is dubstep pushed to its most emotional degree. Mm -hmm. So it's not, when I say dubstep, like you're going to say it's like, no, it's not like Skrillex, you know, like that's what everybody thinks. It's like it's like really somber and electronic. That's not. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's just like I don't know what to call it. It's like it's weird to say because dubstep does have such a strong flavor of like the Skrillex brand. We yeah. can call it the first time we've done this style record. Yes. Well, it's yes. electronic. We we actually haven't done electronic. Daft Punk kind of. Well, we did a Daft Punk album versus album. But electronic music as a genre is also kind of like a vague one, if that makes sense. It's kind of like alternative where it's like, yeah, it's made with computers, I guess, but like... And everything? The vibe is different. I mean, literally, I'm using a computer to record this. I mean, yeah. We use computers for everything, <laughs> so why not music? My phone's a computer. It My is! God. It is. Revolutionizing the world. Well, that's already happened. Anyway. So yeah, I was, right. was going to say, I was like, damn, we're kind of post, post-revolution. Yes. Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. So four. Four. Jared. And. KP. And me, Ray. This has been Ray's Music Reviews. Call me Signing Fresh. off. Copyright 2021. Check out our friend of the Gin Project. Project.com. 12th Avenue. Revolver Records. Go home. Go home.